season four time. Welcome back, everybody, to Pair of Kings, where we are bringing you business as usual, tomfoolery as planned. My name is John Hogaboom. You can find me on Instagram at John Hogaboom. And today I am joined by not one, but two other people in the podcast studio. First off, we have my lovely co-host. Saul Thompson. Hi, you can find me on Instagram at Saul Thompson. Hi, Saul. Um, John, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm a little zapped from work this week, but that's okay because it's podcast time. So, you know. It's an escape from reality, if you will. How are you, Saul? I heard you retired today. Um, not exactly. Today was my last day of in-person work, which is nice. really nice. Um, I hated working in that office. I, I've, I've told, I think, to you and to our Discord, but um, there's a woman who sat by the thermostat, and every day around lunch, she'd turn it down to 64. Oof. So the entire side of the office just would become like an ice box. And so some days she would do it and then crank it back up to like 74, 75, because she thought nobody else was in the office, but it was me and two other people. And so I'd go from wearing like a sweatshirt and shivering in the 64 degree weather to sweating in my sweatshirt. Um, and it was terrible. I hated working in office. And then I talked to my boss and I was like, hey, I can probably do the same amount of work at, at, uh, at home, right? Like. I'm just as productive. And, she was and like, you're no. commuting to Boston every week. Exactly. And she was like, no, like we want you to come in. I was Corporate like, okay. culture. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. Like any particular reason why? She was like, yeah, we just like you in the office. That was it. So for an entire year, I had to commute to Boston. Because um, they like you in the office. Yeah. Gotta love office culture. Um, I, I met zero people in that office other than the one person that I was like, not forced, but trained under. And then all other people in the office, I didn't even know by name. So that was my entire Fine. year in an office setting. I knew zero people um, and I hated it. John, how are you? How are, how is, how is your new job? <laughs> new job's pretty good. Um, I go into the office, which is six minutes from my apartment. So I really can't complain about the, uh, about the commute. And we, we're, it's hybrid. So on days I don't need to go in, I'll work from home. I worked from home today. So that was nice. And uh, yeah, things aren't, aren't too bad. It's stressful right now in the middle of the, the summer, but we're getting through it. Shout out to all my coworkers who are inevitably listening to this episode. Oh God. My, my grandmother today walked into the kitchen and smugly announced that she'd discovered the podcast. Fine. And I was just like, oh God. So I'm going to have to have a heart to heart with her where I'm like, grandma, this is not made for you. I love you so much, but uh, this, this is, this is not made for you. I don't want my, uh, I like, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm 21 year old. I'm a 21 year old, you know, my, my, yeah. my grandma should be listening to my fashion podcast. That's fair. But yeah. Saul, would you like to introduce our guest for the day before Absolutely. we get two into grandma talk <laughs> we have none other than the fashion roadman himself the the man behind the fashion archive on youtube you may have seen him listened to him read his stuff he's got almost seventy thousand subscribers on youtube um he just started a new uh, magazine called the fashion archive mag uh, i think you can find that on instagram at the fashion archive 
it's not mag magazine. It's just M A G all one word. And you can find him on Instagram at fashion Roadman. No, the welcome to AO. Thank you very much for having me. Good to be on the pod. Thank you for joining us at such a late hour overseas. <laughs> Burning the midnight oil. What is it? Is it like 10, 10 PM right now? 10 39 PM. Yeah. It's like, yeah, 10.39 in London right now. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. And welcome to the podcast, of course. Yeah, it's fine. I don't sleep anyway, so it's all right. Ah, spoken like a true journalist. <laughs> what if something important happens on 10.39 on a, on a Thursday night? You exactly. know what I mean? You have you to stay know. ready. Yeah, you got to be ready. <laughs> but, Ayo, welcome to the pod. We're very happy to have you here, and we're going to start things off the classic pair of Kings way. Can we get a fit check, please? Oh, yeah. So I just came from the gym. So uh, really, it's just uh, on the feet, I've got the dry fit socks. Lovely. Classic. Um, I've got the the tech fleece um, Nike joggers and then uh, Nike sweatshirt to match. Sponsored. (laughs) <laughs> if nike wants to sponsor me hey i'm not gonna complain <laughs> but if they're not you're gonna trash talk them for the entirety of the podcast right yeah it's free advertising otherwise <laughs> well you take no prisoners here give this man his bag we'll give him i don't know get slandered i guess what uh what exercises were you doing at the gym today oh wow uh Today was leg day, so it's a good thing I'm sitting down between these. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn. So there's a lot of leg press, squats, um, lunges, all that sort of stuff. Nice. Um, so yeah, thank goodness you don't have to record a podcast standing up. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be Rob. You were are you working on being able to dunk with all the leg workouts? <laughs> That's what I did last summer. I That's what I John trained, and I did together. Yeah, we trained legs every other day so we could learn how to dunk a basketball yeah luckily i i do play basketball so i, I can dunk but nice. i guess i could increase my vertical very impressive <laughs> Saul, i think you're the only person on this podcast who can't dunk i can dunk a shoe it counts i don't know if they're dunking right? shoes in the nba uh just wait just wait they're they're uh, they're currently changing the the rules of the NBA. Once Giannis wins MVP another time for no particular reason at all, they're going to change the rules. Everybody's <laughs> oh, yeah, for play. no particular reason. Yeah. It's not like the, he's an amazing athlete or anything. <laughs> no, 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 let me be salty. Um, but they're going to change rules. Everybody's going to have to play with the Jordan 14, just one. Dribbling's okay. going to be abolished. And then uh, the center is going to be allowed to lift me up like uh, like Blades of Glory style so I can dunk. Okay. Yeah. Very It's going to be like one of those Japanese game shows that all the NBA players go on and they're off time. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? I There's do. There's going to be like a, a wacky inflatable tube man's going to be the, the opposition center. <laughs> this is oh. Patreon content for us coming up. This is. Yeah. Um, well, I was, I was reading, not to take us too far, of course, but you do you both know who the, the Harlem Globetrotters are? I do. Yeah. So somebody pulled it up and I didn't know this, but they play another team called the generals 
whose official record is three and 14 million. And the last time that they lost, one of the players on the opposing team, one of the Harlem Globetrotters missed a wide open buzzer beater that they gave him um, and he missed it. And the player described the audience's reaction as if they had just watched them shoot Santa Claus. <laughs> so they, the, the Globetrotters have lost is what you're telling me. Yeah, three times in their, in their entire times. history. Wow. Yeah. Spectacular. Oh, absolutely crazy. But without much further ado and nonsense, we'll bounce back to it. John, can we get a fit check? You can. Um, on the feet, we have the the pod and stocks, my classic Birkenstock Bostons that I've been wearing all year on the pod. Wearing them around the house as well, just keeping my feet in good health. You know, it's important. Um, on the legs, we have my only supreme pickup of recent history that I paid for. I got sent a, a shirt, not from Supreme, but from from a friend for my birthday. Shout out Zach Young. Uh, but this is a pair of shorts with beetles on them. It was from their most recent season. It was the only thing that I wanted. And it came out last week and I got it. And it sat how on are the you, website for like an hour. How are you moving in those, John? They're black beetles, aren't they? That's true. Uh, mannequin You're challenge. You're not allowed to move, yeah. Nice reference. I forgot. Thank you. We've, we've come a long way since 2016. Um, on the body, we have a flight of the Concords shirt, promotional shirt from a wonderful television program on HBO that I stole from my dad <laughs> and a hoodie from basket case gallery. Shout out to Zach Kinninger. It is the ballet hoodie in maroon and it's a nine layer screen print, very in-depth garment. It was in there for like three hours, just screen just printing. Screening. <laughs> great hoodie though i actually have it in two colorways so damn i'm a fan to say the i least. love the photo john sent a photo to, to zach and i of him wearing you like zipped it up so that each side is how would I you zipped describe both john? of it's them like, together so yes yeah, it yeah, has yeah. four sleeves it's a monstrosity it looks like <laughs> runway vetmont it's a beautiful piece yeah how big is that you're in a demna vasalia exactly yeah <laughs> gotta get my creative juice is flowing somehow oh, it's a solid solid fit so all around us out what have you got on today um i had today i had a pair of excuse me i was wearing my gmbh a6 which i just ordered two other pairs of because i found them on sale on luis via roma um and i haven't seen them on sale anywhere else they've got They're the on stock x for like $300 a6 resale market is insane because it's people, so stupid people don't know like you can find most of them for under retail on like yeah. Roma or like slam jam stuff like that yeah and so like there's so many pairs of kiko a6 on lvr and yeah just like sitting there that people are listing on StockX and go for like six to eight hundred dollars yeah. And then I also got a pair of the Vivian Westwood Asics collab. They're like waterproof hiking shoes. Ooh. Um, I and love those. Those I, are great. I saw them and I was like, I really want these. But people, they retailed for $240 or $250. Mm-hmm. And people were reselling them on like Grailed for like, uh, what was I seeing them for? Like $270. 
Okay. Right. So I was like, wow, there's no chance I'm going to get these. And then I was looking at the GmbH ones and I saw them and they were like selling for like 160. Yeah. Yeah. They go for under retail on LVR. It makes very, no sense. Very slept on. I actually was going to get you those for your birthday. So I'm glad that you told me you already got them. Nice. <laughs> I got super nervous. I was at Kith in New York City and I saw them and they fit kind of small. So I went and tried them on, but I got the right size, which is nice. Nice. Yeah. I'd heard they fit like half a size small as well. Yeah. But, but very nice. Good, good pickups. Good pickups. Thank you. Um, but I was wearing my GmbH A6. John, I, <laughs> I carry the, um, why am I blanking on the name? The shoes that you got me last year for my birthday. Oh, the Reebok Beatniks. The Beatniks. Sorry. I was going to say the Reebok like stealth. Or, I don't know what I was thinking. The hiking but, sandals for yeah. those of you who don't know. I have those in my backpack and I bring them into work and I go into work and I switch into them just because the gmbh asics are so like they're warm and when the office gets really hot i take off my socks and i wear the beatniks nice so those have been a staple of like in the office me just walking around and like grumpily thinking of that woman either turning it down to 64 or up to 74 <laughs> i have a um, pair that i keep in my car of beatniks as well yeah they're really Great comfy show. very yeah. versatile um but uh moving up i have the patagonia baggies Nice. Um, the five inch, I actually have an issue with these. They, one of the pockets, the, the, like the seam, yep. or the, the stitching holding the pocket just busted. Same just thing like happened to one of my pairs shredded. And then I was looking on the, yeah, one of my the brothers, pattern. definite design flaw, terrible design. The pockets are not sturdy, but I was looking on the website and they offer free repairs, which is really nice. And I was like, all right, like I'll go, I'll go take them in. There's a Patagonia store, like five minutes from my apartment. Why not? And so I looked and on the website, it was like estimated repair time is 21 weeks. <laughs> Who's waiting for that? You kidding? Like, yeah. Just go get a needle and thread. You're good. For real. 21 weeks. To fit 20. Pocket. That's crazy. That's insane. Oh, it was Send super. I checked the other day. It's 19. I should. See if he, oh. if he takes donations from podcast hosts. Yeah. But uh, I'm also moving out of Boston. So I'm on like my last last threads as it were i'm wearing this uh this moma my mom got me this keith herring shirt that i've had for like six years now nice um i i still wear it uh, like every week when i'm up in boston um i'm moving all my stuff back so i've got like two t-shirts two pairs of underwear and like no shorts so it's baggies only and then my gus's fried chicken hat which i i replaced last week i believe but then i uh misplaced that new hat so it's back to this one <laughs> it's gone the new one's gone i i don't know where it is <laughs> <laughs> perfect well it was a, a short-lived replacement it wasn't its time yet it wasn't it time wasn't to go. it wasn't if it was its time it would have would have found me it's like thor's hammer it is yeah so that being John. said let's get right into these questions Let's Ayo. get a ride into the news. <laughs> Perfect. Ao, first things first, how are you and what's quarantine been like for you? Oh, I'm great. Um, I think quarantine has kind of been good for me. I don't know, like loads of things happened um, like during lockdown and the recent quarantine. So I kind of feel like it's been my good luck charm in a hmm. weird way. Nice. Um, because like I got... Yeah, I started working at BOF recently mm -hmm. um, as a writer, and I launched my magazine. So quarantine has been sweet. 
Yeah, it's not too bad. Congratulations, by the way. That's huge, yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. So talking a little bit about your magazine, you do a printed version, but there's also obviously an Instagram page where you cover most of it. Um, Are you going to stay primarily in print? Are you going to do like online articles as well? Are you going to do like miniature articles on Instagram, things like that? Yeah, so on my website, there are some like articles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, so like on my website, there's a digital version of my magazine mm-hmm. um, because I knew that some people wouldn't be able to pay like the £40. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot cheaper and it means that people can get a PDF but like pay a lot less um, to read it. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping it's going to stay digital and print the whole time. So mm-hmm. a cheaper PDF and then a more expensive sort of print edition. Very nice. That's yeah, awesome. I'm actually on your website right now. <laughs> and issue one sold out yeah. in the physical <laughs> copy. You can still you can still get the digital. Yeah. Yeah, the PDF is never going to run out, guys. No, no. Make an NFT of the PDF. Ooh, there you go. You got to, what is it? Uh, God, what's the thing that Supreme does? It's like uh, perceived limited supply or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, Enforced scarcity? Is that the the thing I'm searching for? I don't know. Whatever the term is, you got to do that. Perceived scarcity. There it is. Yeah. Make it limited on purpose, so yeah. so people want to get it because they know they can't eventually. There you go. Hey, who are some of the people that you're working with for the magazine? Um, obviously, you you're a writer. You know, you, you've won the Business of Fashion Writing Fellowship, which is huge. Congratulations! Um, but obviously, you know, probably can't do it alone. Um, who else are you working with? Are there there are people behind the scenes that maybe? You know, it's like the the Wizard of Oz. There's like, you know, a group of people behind the curtain. Yeah. Wow. I would say the most important person is my graphic designer, um, Day Jones. You might actually know her. She has like a YouTube channel. It's quite engaged mm-hmm. in like the fashion community. But yeah, she yeah. is an amazing graphic designer and basically designed like everything in a week. Wow. Because I kind of... In a I week? Kind of, yeah, because I kind of had everything I needed late and I was like day I don't know how we're gonna do it but I'm gonna need this designed in like a week because I need to send it (laughs) off to the printers and she was like okay (laughs) amazing yeah wow it's an insane turnover I remember I spoke with day I think she was doing a um a live with Mark Boudelier and I hung out in the live for like 20 minutes she's really nice yeah, she's amazing. That's awesome, though. Are there any creatives that you like have are or I should say have or are aiming to work with? Yeah, I mean, I've launched like the first issue. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm working on the second one. But in in the first issue, I wanted it to be about like creatives that you might not know, mm-hmm. um, or like up and coming creators. I think the most popular person who was in my magazine was Isabel Benanato. Um, but there were designers like Alexandra Shipa. She's um, a Romanian designer, um, just graduated from Central St. Martin's. But I really like her work. It's really interesting. 
Um, there's a brand Lego Space program. Um, they recently got nominated as a semi-finalist for the LVMH Prize. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty big. Um, so yeah, just interesting creators. There's so many of them that I could get into. There's a brand called Deviate from Detroit, which I found really interesting because Detroit is not known for fashion at all outside of maybe Carhartt mm-hmm. and StockX. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> The big two, as they call them. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's been really fun, and I did like enjoy like learning about like different creators. Very nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So can't can't get too far away from it too quickly. But quarantine has obviously been like the defining thing for a lot of people our age. Uh, what were some of your favorite kind of pickups? Uh, things you read, things you watched over quarantine. Oh wow. Um... So what I've been reading a lot is actually just like old Harper's Bazaar magazines. Hmm. Um, especially when like Diana Vreeland was a fashion editor. So I'm talking like all the way back in like the 1930s, 1940s. Wow. And it's um, it's so much fun because like you see what they used to do then. Like there's a graphic designer um, for Harper's Bazaar. His name's like Alexei Brodovich. And I didn't realize, but he actually changed the way magazines are designed. Like when magazines have like a lot of white space or the the images are like interacting with each other. Like you have two images facing each other and it looks like they're like in conversation with each other. That all came from him. And I had like no clue till I started just like delving in. And yeah, I've just been a bit obsessed with Harper's Bazaar and I watched them. the Diana Vreeland documentary again recently. I think it's mm. called like The I Must Travel or something like that. That's awesome. I've never heard of yeah. um, that graphic designer and how, I, like I, I never really consider that. That seems like such a, not like normal thing, but like in magazines, you put two images facing each other and then, you know, they interact with one another. It seems kind of like, yeah. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? Normal, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty crazy. But you mentioned CSM. You're a student there still, right? Yeah, I just finished my first year, actually. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but have there been any other CSM graduates or people that you've spoken to that have like helped you along your journey? Are there any interesting professors, any cool experiences um, at CSM? Oh, yeah. CSM is really interesting. I've got loads of crazy stories. Um, how much time do we have? <laughs> You've got as much time as you want. Episodes usually go about an hour and a half or more. So mm-hmm. take your time. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think because of COVID, I haven't really been able to talk to a lot of designers because we've kind of been secluded mm. because like COVID rules and stuff. So I've only really been able to communicate with people on my side, which is like more the communications courses. Um, but yeah, there's some crazy stories. Like they gave us a summer project so it was like I think it was an 800 word essay and all of us were just like nonchalant about it like yeah it's just a summer project and then the first day we got to CSM literally the first day we got told to read out our essay in front of everyone and our lecturers oh god yeah and we got critiqued um on our essay in front of everyone and all of us were in shock because we didn't even take it seriously oh my so goodness. A, lot of us, a lot of us got got told very sternly that we are not up to scratch um 
And that was kind of <laughs> our introduction. That was the welcome to Central St. Martin's we all got. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, wait, what did you write about? I wrote about, um, because the brief, I think, was, was supposed to write about a clothing item we own and hmm. what it means to us. Um, so I wrote about this Comme des Garçons hat that I had. And um, they were asking me all sorts of questions like, tell me what you like about Ray Kubo. What do you like about Comme des Garçons? Like, do you go to Doe Street Market? Like, all types of questions. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So yeah, what would you write about? Our, what, the, the clothing like, item I would write about? Yeah, what would you write about? I don't know. I... I... <laughs> I honestly would probably write about maybe this shirt. I think there's something very, very like close to the heart about a shirt that you've had for like six years. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's something that you've really experienced a lot in and it may not be expensive or anything like that, but it is a staple because it's comfortable and it's yours. And I, I doubt there's somebody else on the planet that's, that's worn this shirt more than, more than I've worn this shirt. You're you're on top of the leaderboards. Exactly. Yeah. No, I'm I'm only doing it for, for the uh, the Keith Haring MoMA collab clout. Yes, of course. <laughs> wow, that's quite a writing prompt, though. Yeah. What would you write about, John? Um. Yeah. Well, Kiko went to CSM, so I'd write about a pair of his Asics and just mm. be like, "Oh, you know, fellow alum, start <laughs> start." packing that on top name dropping kiko I do the the carils the cilantro gel carils those are my favorite kiko asics pretty awesome yes okay moving down our list of questions ayo what was it like to win the business of fashion writing fellowship oh wow um that was really really cool because actually um like one of my goals was to write for somewhere like BOF or the Financial Times um so for it to be happening this early is actually quite crazy yeah um so I was quite yeah I was quite surprised to win it because one I'm in first year in school I'm not like a graduate a journalism graduate so yeah I was really surprised that I won it and very happy about it of course I can imagine. Also, congratulations. That's that's really spectacular. That's insane. Thank you. <laughs> you've been into fashion then for for quite a while because you're still pretty. Uh, I don't I don't know why I'm talking like this. I'm 21 years old, but you're you're pretty young. Like that's I feel like that's that's a young age to win the the writing fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I did you know, get like it's so funny. I was talking to someone um, that works at BOF, and mm-hmm. then when she was asking me about like what I do and stuff, she was like, "Oh, you're in first year. I thought you would have like been a graduate." <laughs> she even expected like the winner of the fellowship to be someone who's like graduated or something yeah <laughs> very nice we'll That's have awesome. to uh to pay you under the table so you can write about us so we can get verified <laughs> on instagram because you need like so many articles written about you to get verified so We'll just keep doing podcast episodes until he writes the article, the worst <laughs> podcast that's ever antagonized me. <laughs> we'll play the villain. No, this podcast is cool. It's amazing. I appreciate it. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh. So, excuse me. 
you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you play basketball. Very serious yeah. question coming up. We're drafting a six-man team to play every other basketball team in the world of fashion, right? Like a- everybody in the world of fashion is scrambling. They're, they're creating their teams. You're, you're our team captain. You have to take John and I because you've come on this podcast. <laughs> who are your other three? Who are the, the other two on the floor and who's our sixth man? Oh, well, definitely not Sanjeev. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he'd play in boots he'd be sliding all over the court unless he plays in like YSL boots because that's his special power um, <laughs> I, would, I would take I would take Reggie Casual you know from the Casual yeah yeah. I think he, had on, on. he was, was on that last week a couple weeks ago or two weeks on. ago yeah he was on the podcast yeah he hoops he could be a good point guard I feel like nice. he'd run yeah. the floor um, I'm trying to think who else plays basketball. Not many people in the fashion community play. I'll take Michael Tandy if you know who Michael Tandy is. Mm-mm. He's like uh, he he doesn't post much, but he has a really cool fashion YouTube channel. Cool. And he used to play in high school. Actually, he's like six foot five or something. So yeah, he can be our center. Nice. Damn, John's six four. I'm six five. Oh, damn. What are you talking? Are about? you six five? Yes. I thought you were 6'4". We've had this conversation like eight times. Oh, goodness me. Okay. Another giant. Yeah, we can... John and John and Michael can switch between power forward and center. Okay. All ball. So we've got our starting five. Who's our sixth man? Yeah, who's coming off the bench? Five. Oh, who's going to come off the bench? Could hmm. it be Sanj? Can we just stick him in the boots? <laughs> yeah, let's stick Sanj, but he has, to wear, he has to wear boots, so he's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a pretty solid team oh yeah oh uh, yeah we're, we're beating everyone else i Easy. used to have like pretty decent handles and a decent shot my freshman year of college and then i didn't play basketball for like two years so you gotta give me like four months i'll go to like <laughs> lethal shooter training <laughs> I'm, probably, training I'm probably worse like i play basketball maybe like once a month now and before i used to like actually play it seriously and play for a team and stuff so i'm terrible now probably could make a, a free throw oh god one of my most fun experiences i went to australia two summers ago and a friend of a friend was like hey you want to come play with our like rec basketball team i was like yeah why not and we went and it was like hands down the best game of basketball I've ever played. Like I had a good game. I think I had like 12 and 12 and nine, nice. but everybody was just nice. like in a good mood. Everybody was just joking around. Like it was semi-serious. And then like they'd blow the whistle and everybody would be like, Oh, like, fuck you. Stop shooting threes. Like, Oh, ha ha ha. <laughs> it was a really good time. Like I did not expect dudes in Sydney, Australia, intramural basketball to be like, so good spirited yeah. but Aussies yeah. are amazing though I like the energy it's so funny because they don't take themselves seriously at all but they say everything completely deadpan mm-hmm. so like they'll say something completely out of pocket and then you'll be like I'm sorry they'll be like no it's a joke like come on <laughs> I love Australian yeah. TikTok everyone's so funny on TikTok from Australia Oh, I don't have any Australian TikTokers. People on my show up at my For You page from Australia okay. and they're just just doing Australia things. It's lovely. My favorite guy, I don't know what his name, it's something Max something lifts, but he's this workout dude with just a dump truck. 
Like he's got a giant butt. No, no, no. Like it's it's the it's the centerpiece of most of his videos. It's incredible. He's well aware of what he's got. Oh, he's absolutely aware. <laughs> he's got a dump truck. Like Does I'm he not just lift kidding. legs in all the videos? I don't know. He doesn't even like he doesn't make any videos about uh, about working out. Oh, okay. He just like he just shows off his butt in all of his TikToks. Wow. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh my god. Do you follow him on the pod account? No, I wish I did. I'll, I'll send it to our, our Instagram group once I find him again. But Thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's got like a mustache and like wavy hair. That's that's all I can tell you. And it's something something lifts is his, his account. Love it. Dude's crazy. Hope he shows up in my For You page someday. Oh, you'll know him when you see him. Let I, me tell you. I imagine I will. <laughs> so on the topic of TikTok, Ao, you've written about the old world of fashion, so to speak, as well as the newer, younger side, TikTok fashion, et cetera. Where do you see fashion going in the next couple of years? It's had such a drastic shift in the, really like the last 18 months. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think it's definitely going to be more digital. Um, most brands are like focusing way more on like having e-commerce and having a website that actually functions properly. Um, but I think the biggest thing out of everything is fashion is going to quote unquote be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Whether it's actually going to be sustainable is another question. But in terms of like people claiming that they're more sustainable, that's definitely going to happen way more. Yeah. Mm. We've had a few people on the podcast. Um, I'm struggling to remember who it was. It might've been, John, do you remember if it was Jordan? Um but I, I know some people that have come you on have the podcast. Tell me what been, it was first. Uh, yeah, yeah. but um, they were saying that basically any sustainability effort by a large brand is basically just greenwashing, and there's no actual substance behind it. I can't oh, yeah, remember that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's kind of weird. So true. Because like, if you think about it, like you can never do fashion sustainably unless you're offsetting all of the carbon that you're using. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from somebody who does environmental studies, just looking at it completely objectively. But if you're going to look at it that way, then nothing can ever be sustainable because everything is consuming something in one way or another. It's crazy. Fashion's yeah. weird. I think what the issue is, is that it's, it's not because, yeah, like you said, fashion can never be sustainable. What's sustainable is just like using the clothing we already have in the world which we have enough Mm -hmm. of Um, but when you claim that you're being more sustainable but you don't change anything about your business model it's a bit problematic so like a H&M for example um, every single thing that they do is very very unsustainable Mm -hmm. like putting waste materials into oceans and the pollution and everything but then they just create like a side brand that's sustainable yeah, which does not change any of the processes of like the normal production of H&M clothing. So if anything, they've just added on even more product <laughs> and called yeah. it sustainable. <laughs> They're making more clothes than they were. And now it's sustainable. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. Like it seems like almost every brand is trying to put out a green line, you know, like quote unquote green it is interesting. Yeah. Like nothing is ever truly like perfectly sustainable. I don't know. 
get Louis Vuitton or LVMH to to donate a billion dollars <laughs> to some carbon offsetting group. I think they uh, should fashion should should try to be like the automotive industry. Mm. So like cars don't come out like oh yeah we're sustainable cars all they've done is just like reduce emissions Mm -hmm. and like try to be a bit more conscious they've not Mm -hmm. so i think brands shouldn't be trying to chase this whole oh we're sustainable i think they should just take it upon themselves to like reduce carbon emissions as much as they can yeah absolutely Um, because yeah no one's perfect at the end of the day something that's kind of cool that's Ducey does, I think, is that on some of their clothes, they'll actually put how much water was used and things like that on the label. Um, you know, cool. if not to actually improve anything, but to just make you aware. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like the transparency from brands. I know Noah does articles every season about like how much all their costs are and things like that. And they explain it to the customer. Oh, I might be thinking of Noah, not Stussy. Sorry, but yes, point stands. All good. All good. Yeah. So do you like the, the directions that any fashion houses are going in at the moment? Like who's been doing the best? Uh, I guess who's been doing the worst as well? Um, kind of in this new pseudo digital age of like quarantine where there are no fashion shows and everybody's focusing on their digital product. I think, oh, it depends on like when we say best, it depends on like what I mean in terms of like fashion moments, I'd say the biggest fashion moment in recent times was like the hack that Gucci did for their anniversary. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's probably been the biggest thing that happened recently. But mm-hmm. in terms of like um, what I've seen people do that I actually like, um, wow, there's a lot of brands. I think Prada with Rassimans and Mucha, I've liked a lot of the stuff that they've been making. Um, I've liked uh, Fendi, the Fendi menswear show just happened recently. I've really liked that. I've liked a lot of things, Christopher John Rogers, Scaparelli, um, so many different brands. I'd say bad is probably Burberry. I think Burberry is a bit confused. It's constantly terrible. <laughs> we dunk on Burberry all the time. Yeah, I don't know what Ricardo Tisci is doing there exactly. He's just a bit oh, confused. Burning old clothes. Definitely. Old clothes. <laughs> so we take this plaid pattern and we put it on everything. Oh. And then no one buys it and we burn it. <laughs> I remember seeing when I was in Paris my freshman year, um, Burberry had just done their like big collab with Chris Wu, which was supposed to be like the big revitalizer for the brand. And it was like sitting on clearance for like 70% off. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> that's, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the brand is at a crossroads. I don't know where it can go because it's like mm. the heritage is like trench coats and the pattern. And most brands, it's either you decide that you want to be a high fashion brand and be creative like a Balenciaga, or you decide to just stay in the heritage realm. But mm-hmm. I think they're starting to realize that the heritage sort of thing isn't, the market's too small for that. So they've tried to branch out. But in pursuit of that, they've been releasing terrible, terrible clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what I think they should do is like hire Tyler, the creator, as their it boy make a bunch of no i'm being completely serious uh make a bunch of like like the the plaid pattern sweater vests and like slightly flared trousers and things like that like lean into trends a little bit more than they're already doing and then just say like here like we're gonna restart we're gonna make kind of like very nice basics with our pattern and and lean into like 
quote unquote classic English menswear and have Tyler the Creator promote it. Like people will buy whatever he makes. And I think he's as much of an influence now with the whole like, oh, like sweater vest, semi preppy look. Yeah. And he's coming out with an album in like two days. Yeah. This is, this is my, this is my pitch to Burberry. They want to hire me as their (laughs) head of marketing strategy. I'm sure they'd lose nothing by firing who's currently in that spot. Yeah. They're failing spectacularly. (laughs) (laughs) Watch them listen to this podcast and just tear rolling down the cheek. (laughs) Fashion is is a weird thing, but I mean, as a journalist, I'm fine because it's my job to like criticize brands. Yeah. (laughs) But um, (laughs) it's so weird because like these brands hire some really really experienced people and they pay them loads of money just for the marketing campaigns to look like that so it's just like sometimes i'm just a bit confused yeah i mean sometimes it works so well for like you know i feel like a lot of different brands have a lot of different identities and different marketing strategies can work for different ones like balenciaga could literally I, I don't know what Balenciaga could do at this point that wouldn't be something <laughs> that brand. people look to and like, this is incredible. Oh, like, it's so Balenciaga, yeah. Balenciaga <laughs> could literally take like I, I red paint and paint uh, Balenciaga on the side of a toilet stall or like write it in Sharpie and people be like, it's genius. We love this. Of course. Like, <laughs> you know, they can't miss. But if you do that at Burberry, people are going to be like, what's wrong with you? Like, have you fallen and hit your head? (laughs) But that's because maybe they've branded themselves as being taken too seriously. Yeah. So now they can't really get out of that. Whereas Balenciaga is like a playful fun brand under Demna. So yeah, yeah, like you said, Balenciaga releases Crocs and everyone goes crazy. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. They could do, you're right. I think they could literally do whatever they wanted right now. I'd like to see that too. Just, yeah. I don't know, do something crazy. I think they could just plagiarize something like stitch <laughs> for stitch, like release a full collection that says Louis Vuitton on it. And release a full Burberry collection. Yeah, they could release everything Burberry plaid and it'd be awesome. <laughs> Same silhouette and everything, just change oh. the tag and it'd be hilarious. Oh my God, 3%. <laughs> oh yeah, just change God. the tag and you're good. <laughs> so ao when you write your articles how do you do research on them um and how do you choose what to write about well i'd say uh definitely after my one year at csm i've definitely changed the word do research um before i just really used to like research the topic and find maybe like a book about it but now i'm just based on the way at CSM and expect us to do research. You have to do research about the topic at hand and then do research about everything around it too. Gotcha. Um, so I kind of do that in terms of like, I interview people, I read books about it. I listen to podcasts about it. Just any information I can get my hands on, movies, like literally anything. Um, and honestly, how I choose what to write about is I just see stuff um that's happening and then I just get an idea um oh wow that's a really interesting topic or like oh I see people wearing stuff on the street I'm like oh is this like a trend or something and I start to think about how I could make that into an article so it's really just like everyday things I see from day to day that give me ideas on what to write about that's cool that's awesome do you like find yourself like walking around a lot like London like are are you 
kind of letting the things come to you like as you see them or are you like pursuing them out in the world um as it were no i definitely say it like comes to me the mm. good thing about uh living in london is it's a very creative and fashion forward city so yeah it's quite easy um to just like walk around a lot and then be inspired and have a lot of ideas mm -hmm. so i do see that as kind of like a privilege like if i lived in a village somewhere then yeah it wouldn't be the same do you have like a finger on the pulse as it were like what are the current trends in london are they kind of the same as they are in the u.s yeah i'd say they're the same i mean the trends luckily the trends aren't changing as fast as they once were maybe that's the COVID effect um but now a lot of the time especially i think gawp core is like really huge oh yeah um because it's with covid people want clothing that's like really utilitarian like they want to buy one jacket and it, it can be used for like many different functions mm. but they also want that to be like fashionable so of course brands like arcteryx are starting to become like even bigger in london um brands like Montclair a lot of people even like fashion forward people buy Montclair Genius now on the streets which I didn't really see on the streets a lot I just used to see it on runway shows and like never actually see people wearing it um so definitely like Gorpcore people wearing like trail sneakers all that sort of stuff I don't know like Gorpcore is obviously sustainable in the terms of like the the pieces last forever but mm -hmm. what happens when people like go back to work and go back to school and they have these $800 Arctic jackets that they aren't wearing anymore <laughs> I guess they just have to wear it because it costs so much you have to sell it to me for $45 that's the rules <laughs> same with the Montclair genius I want to be out here in the Craig Green wearable tent <laughs> just just going about my day in small town Michigan where I live right now Oh, Gorpcore is pretty crazy, and I love to see people getting into the outdoors. But like, I also hate to see it's it's almost like tech wear where people buy it and then they just sit inside, and it's just like, what yeah. are you doing? Mm -hmm. Go walk, yeah. just literally go walk, just go and enjoy the like. <laughs> like the jackets can't get hurt too. No, they're, they can't. Vortex Pro, like the nicest quality. They're made to be, like the rock climbing jackets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I found uh, a really cool, like, I, I'd say up and coming, but it's only been around for two years. So sort of up and coming fly fishing brand um, that I cannot tell you how excited I am to be like the one to hopefully introduce a bunch of people to it because it's really cool. Um, it's called Pier 39 and it's, it's headed by this uh, Japanese fishing brand called Daiwa. Um, and they make reels and spinners and things like that. And I've gotten really into fly fishing and I like I'm planning on doing it this summer, but I was like, I don't want to be wearing pants that are going to get soaked and then stay wet all day. Right. I don't want to buy Arcturix cause that's, you know, climbing stuff, but I might. And I was looking around and I was like, Oh, Daiwa made some, some stuff back in the the seventies and eighties and they're not seventies, the nineties the and two thousands kind of looks like that. And then I saw like one listing on Grail that was like Pier 39. I was like, what is this? And it's some of like, it's, it's Gorp. It's, it's not Gorp. It's, it's fly fishing core. I'm not going to call it Gorp because that's not what it is. But <laughs> I'm so excited. I it, The stuff is pricey, but it's all Gore-Tex and it's like well-made. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. And it seems fashion forward too. Like they did a lookbook mm -hmm. and everything. Like it's oh, yeah, definitely yeah. targeted at a fashionable audience. 
Yeah. So I'm really excited and I, I hope the brand takes off and like sticks around. Um, hopefully I, I planning on ordering some shorts. They're on auction right now. So I'm hoping to get them for like a decent price, nice. but we'll see how, how it goes. And if it's good, I'll ride or die for it. But if it's not, I'm going to be very disappointed because there's no resale market for it. Yeah. You're yeah, stuck that's with that. Really cool. Yeah. Cause I don't know over here in London, like you have sunny days where you can just like, you know, throw a fit or winter, but during the summer, most of it is just like rain. Mm. So actually we do need like a lot of like waterproof clothing that's breathable as well because yeah. it's like hot but raining. <laughs> so you have to wear a jacket but you don't want to sweat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the Arky is perfect. Yeah. It's breathable. Yeah. But it doesn't let wind in. I love mine. I got mine from their used gear store for like half price. I got a beta AR. Spectacular jacket. Oh. is roadband fashion like very much alive in london right now obviously it's the summer oh, yeah, so people it's, aren't it's, like in puffers it's always but... alive oh don't roadmen wear puffers even if it's blazing hot outside <laughs> <laughs> they... i love it <laughs> that's their uniform it doesn't matter what the weather is cold warm hot they wear jackets and it has to be north face fair enough <laughs> I can't so it's like it's what like 87 degrees sunny and hot and they're like in puffer jackets oh yeah if even if it's 87 degrees a roadman would still wear a puffer jacket and for some <laughs> weird reason they're not sweating and it's not hot man is not hot <laughs> exactly man's not hot oh what what was the the roadman perception of man's not hot coming from london like did you see did people hate that or did they find it funny well, it is kind of cringy. I mean, it's it's funny cringy, though. It's like comical cringy. I mean, yeah. the the whole idea of a roadman, as you probably know, is just like basically a gangster. Yeah. Um, and a lot of guys like that, they, I don't know why, they just wear puffer jackets all the time. <laughs> like, it's just like, bro, it's hot. Wear a t-shirt. <laughs> So he just like made it into some sort of comedy thing. Like obviously saying man's not hot because they just don't take their jackets off. Yeah. So it was, it was hilarious. But I think it was more, when it went viral, it was more like people in other countries learning about like the whole road man thing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely here in the United yeah. States. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But yeah, that's, that's why I made like my Instagram name, Fashion Roadman. So I thought it was just like hilarious. Just like I'm not a gangster in any way, but I still call myself a roadman anyway. <laughs> Have you gotten any any dudes in puffer jackets in your DMs? Just like change your username now. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I haven't. I don't. I don't think I would attract any gangsters. Um, but you know, if if, if they do, just turn turn the thermostat to like 105 in your DMs. They'll vacate real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they might finally start sweating. Yeah. <laughs> what could you do to make a romance sweat? I have no idea. Probably throw <laughs> them in a sauna. Run out of stock of puffers at the North Face store. Then they're sweating. <laughs> what are they going to wear? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, so Aya, you've got a pretty huge following on YouTube, uh, almost 70,000 people now. Um, and you're obviously tapped into the, the fashion world on YouTube, as it were, talking about Sanj and, and uh, Reggie and things like that. What is the world of fashion on YouTube like? Um, do you like it? Do you not? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's honestly amazing. I remember when I um, first made my channel, I felt like those sort of like, animosity mm. in the fashion YouTube space. Um, not between me, because I was like not a big channel at all. I was like had like a thousand subscribers. Just what I was observing it was almost like everyone was in competition with each other. But since mm. I've sort of quote unquote come onto the scene, I feel like everyone's friends. Like I talked to Sand, I talked to Keezy, I talked to Reggie, like we all talked to each other. Kyron, like we're all like really cool with each other. Another so part of like, like a whole community. That's great. That's what you bring to the table, Ao. You bring that sense yeah. of, of camaraderie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool. It's just like I feel like everyone's just really cool with each other. We all support each other. Um, like if Keezy, I don't know, releases like he released his brand. I talk about it. Um, I, I launched my magazine recently. He talked about it in a video. So yeah, it's like really supportive. Honestly, I really That's like great. it. That's really great to hear. Yeah, that's awesome. So, excuse me, um, you obviously have had some opinionated videos. That's what makes, um, you know, videos on YouTube watchable and interesting, right? Um, what were, or what are, I should say, some of your hottest takes, uh, ones that have gotten like the most, most rise out of people, ones that have maybe fallen a little <laughs> bit flat in terms of like having an actual opinion, <laughs> Well, there's definitely been some videos I released that I've gotten slated online. But the most recent one I can remember is, um, so I made a video about like John Galliano. Mm -hmm. And it was basically talking about why he's an amazing designer, but he isn't respected as much as he is. And it was more to do with like the whole thing that he did about um, saying that he hates uh, Jews and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And a lot of fashion people did not like that. <laughs> they were like, how dare you talk about John Galliano? You're not perfect. Why would you judge another man? And all that stuff. And then, because I think in the video I said that like, if not most people, when they get intoxicated, their true self comes out. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people felt like that wasn't fair because because I said in the video that I don't drink and they're like you don't know what it is to drink so how can you say and I was like well we have to be responsible for our actions but yeah that was definitely yeah. very controversial um, but I think outside of that um, there was a video that I made um, that was titled I think it was like why Vetmont is dying mm -hmm. um, Interesting. and yeah loads of people got mad about that because they <laughs> without even watching the video assumed that I like didn't really know anything about Vetmore and they yeah. started explaining to me in the comments like it's irony it's supposed to be <laughs> ironic like you don't understand and it bad right so now funny. because it's it's intentionally bad right now you don't get it <laughs> it's supposed to be yeah like, it's supposed to be bad like you don't know what you're talking about it's just so funny and I got like loads of hate on that which is I just find it honestly really funny yeah um and I think I replied to one of the comments and I said, so he was explaining 
it to me and then I just sent him a timestamp of like when I said exactly what he said in the video oh and then she was like well you should have made it more clear that you knew and it was just so funny oh my goodness oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you yeah, actually think vet is going downhill with YouTube. Oh. yeah I was just saying that's kind of just what comes with YouTube I, I don't I'm mind sure. it honestly I do find it really funny <laughs> So you can dunk in real life and you can dunk on people in the comments too. <laughs> so yeah, wait, do you think that is, is going downhill? I know that's kind of a sentiment among very dedicated vet uh, fans, you know, like there's a guy in our, yeah. our discord named pure who collects vet. He says that vet isn't good anymore or maybe not that radical, but isn't great. Um, yeah. Yeah, what do you, I would what agree do you think? because um, when I think of Vetmore, especially when like Damna was there, I think what made it brilliant was even though it was like really ironic and like a lot of the clothing was very like provocative, underneath all of that like irony and comedy was actually very serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like there was a collection that was um, inspired by the Georgian War. Yeah. And of course, like um, Demna obviously grew up in war times and all that sort of stuff and that was obviously a very deep thing. There's a lot of like Slavic references in his mm-hmm. work, um, especially when it comes to like the prints or the silhouettes or using like everyday models that comes from like, because in Georgia, for example, older people would literally like thrift stuff because they can't afford anything else. So they would generally mm-hmm. dress like that. Um, so I thought it was like really intelligent the way he would sort of be able to have these very serious references and people don't realize because on the surface what they see is like the comedy in terms of marketing and the way it's communicated and I Mm -hmm. thought that dichotomy was like really really intelligent but I think now it's just like fallen flat where everything's a bit too obvious yeah um so it's not as intelligent I think as it was Mm -hmm. yeah it also seems like they've they've leaned not too heavily, but like a little bit too much on we can literally do anything and you'll buy it, yeah, um, exactly. which is, it is like kind of funny, but at the end of the day, <laughs> like when you have a runway show that has 150 looks and like 71 of them are like hot topic, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it is, it is not great. Yeah. Oh no, you can't say that Ventmont's 71 out of 150 yeah, looks weren't good about, bro. <laughs> do do you even own any no i'm not paying 500 dollars for the ratatouille shirt it's pronounced but... <laughs> vetements yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think pure might own the ratatouille shirt actually i don't know if he does he's got yeah. an insane collection wait yeah. before we get too far we do have a discord um, we call it the the happiest place in fashion. Um, Ayo, we we ask all of our guests on all of our guest episodes to give us like a, a keyword, a phrase, something to send us. It could be a picture, um, again, like a word or a phrase um, to send us to join the Discord. Um, it's the the lowest possible bar we can set. But um, what should our listeners, if they haven't joined already, uh, message us if they'd like to join the Discord? Um. I'm trying to think of something wacky. Roadman. Roadman. Perfect. <laughs> there we go. 
works for us. Message at Pair of Kings Pod on Instagram, Roadman, and obviously make sure you're following us. Um, and we will send you an invite to the Discord. Yes, indeed. It's a great place to be. That it is. All right. Moving down our list of questions. AO, you've been uh, very anti-fitpick and you you purchase clothing very sparingly. You're a you're a discerning consumer. Uh, you cover this in a YouTube video. What do you typically wear in your day to day? What's the what's the uniform? Well, I wear sort of like the same stuff every day. I'd say what I wear the brand I wear the most is probably Rick Owens. It's like my daily uniform. Nice. Um, but I'm not the type of guy that wears like head to toe Rick Owens though. Um, I wear like maybe Rick pants, Rick shoes, and then just like a nice waterproof jacket because of the rain. Mm-hmm. and then just head out it's, it's comfortable because rick the thing i like about rick is because i'm like quite tall and broad mm-hmm. i can't fit in a lot of high fashion brands but rick mm. actually fits for like bigger people taller people mm. and it's really comfortable to wear so it's kind of like a personal uniform so i'll say that's what i wear the most i also mm. do wear a lot of um when it's colder a lot of knitwear from isabel Bernanato. um but that's literally me in a nutshell. That's basically all I wear like every day. Not a bad combination. Not bad at all. <laughs> Side question. How tall are you? Um, six foot two. Nice. We, we are going to dominate this, this hypothetical fashion <laughs> basketball tournament. For real. All we just got to play like the opposite of small ball. Everybody yep. just posts up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Saul, you're like six, two also, right? I'm six, two. Yeah. We have Reggie bringing the ball up on point. And all he does is just throw it to one of the four of us in, in the, in the post. <laughs> and Sanj is also there for moral support. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. He's got, he's and got an insane to, fit to on the sideline. Superpower. His superpower. Yeah. Once he wears those boots, he can do 360 dunk. It'll be oh. like the movie, like Mike with the Nike. <laughs> It'll be like dunking from the three point line. <laughs> Shooting half got- courts. I got so I mad. I was fans. with I was with some friends um, off off of some substances um, like three weeks ago, and I could not convince them to watch Like Mike. Like Mike is an insanely good movie, it, and they it's just a didn't want to watch it. We had just watched Space Jam too. They were on the Michael Jordan That's wave. The perfect segue into Like. Thank Mike. you. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's got Bow Wow, right? Yeah, yeah. Bow okay, what else could you want? Oh, that's so sad. sad. Yeah. So sad. Quick disclaimer, sad. though. I think um, for people that aren't aware, Sanj and I have this ongoing sports beef. Okay. <laughs> because um, he he believes he's better than me at some sports. So since then, we just trash talk each other about sports, which is why I'm making fun <laughs> of Sanj a lot. <laughs> it's all love, Sanj, if you listen to this. Oh, Sanj, if you listen to this, come on the pod. Yeah, come on the pod. Also. Settle the beef. You going to let him talk to you like that? Whoa. Wow. <laughs> so, Ayo, what advice would you give people who are looking to get into fashion, um, either as a journalist, uh, either kind of as a whole, just looking to like dress better, um, or even like as a designer, somebody who's making their own brand? Yeah, I think... In terms of working in fashion, I think there are so many jobs in fashion that you can kind of always pivot. Um, so I think you just have to spend time really 
understanding what you really like because when I was younger I thought I was going to be the next Alexander McQueen <laughs> and then I, I interned at a fashion brand and realized I hate making patterns and I hate <laughs> like sewing and it's just not my thing um so, and I kind of found myself in journalism so I think experiment um mm. definitely if you want to like work in the industry as far as like dressing better um I think you just have to find what works for you and that can only come through a lot of experimentation trial and error seeing what you like seeing what you don't like you kind of it's just something that comes with time mm -hmm. you kind of just keep trying different things and then over time you sort of develop your style or your personal uniform yeah. absolutely what do you think about people who kind of um find their style or who have kind of like I won't say trapped, but are kind of like locked into that Instagram explorer. I'll just get whatever's like flavor of the week um, at the moment. Yeah, I don't think that's that's great for a lot of reasons. One, like money. Like, I don't know mm. how people can always like follow trends because that means you have to like buy new clothes all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just one reason. I think there isn't anything inherently wrong with trends especially if like you see a trend that you actually like but i think like aimlessly following trends or just like blindly is just going to one cost you a lot of money and two you're going to have like an identity crisis like not even know what your style is or like you don't even have a way that you really dress mm. um but yeah i do i do agree some people are trapped in that there's also something um, me and my friends we have this term we call it avant wars and these are people who like whore themselves out in like one specific avant-garde brand. And are that you... becomes like their life. And that happens especially with like Recoins, for example. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Where a lot of people that wear Recoins are like, I wear Rick and nothing else and no brand is good. <laughs> it's just Rick. And it's just so, so funny. I think they're kind of like stuck in the bubble. Yeah. Um... I've seen there there's this new TikTok account that's like like a like a fit account and this one dude was like yeah this outfit's all archive and he proceeded to be like wearing like three things from a current season at Marnie and I was like what are you doing <laughs> like come on <laughs> future archive he's calling the shot <laughs> this is all archive this is an H&MT Marnie sneakers I'm like what <laughs> what is happening spring summer 21 <laughs> <laughs> I, I thrifted yeah. this spring summer twenty one Uniqlo tee. It's archive, yeah, you know. But yeah, the it is always interesting to see the different sects of of Instagram fashion and people who subscribe themselves just to one brand. I mean, it's okay to have a favorite brand. Everyone has. Oh, a favorite of course, brand, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see a lot of uh, it's got a lot of good meme content for Saul and I for the for the Instagram yeah. page. So we, if you do that, keep doing that, please, because, you know, we need, we need some good material once in a while. Yeah. It's also just weird. I feel like people are so hesitant to branch out and because of that hesitation or like nervousness, they get so dedicated to one brand that they like their, their instinct is to just immediately start shitting on what other people like. Yeah. And it's just so like, it's just so annoying you know what I mean? Just let people live. Let them enjoy what they enjoy. Yeah. For God's sake. It's it's a bit weird, like the whole thing where if you don't wear this brand, like you can't dress. It's just 
like it's just a bit weird that like dressing has been reduced to like just what brands you wear mm-hmm. yeah um, it's so strange yeah it's it's weird I think you can have an aesthetic though I think that's fine like I have a certain aesthetic which is more about like com- comfort which is why Recurrence works for me but there's so many brands that I wear that fit into that whether it's like Angela Mista which has like flowy silhouettes or like mm-hmm. recently I've gotten into um Boris Bajansa Berry Oh, nice. Because once again, their clothing works for my like body type. Um, like sleeves are really long, the torsos go long, like it's a lot of different features. So I just have an aesthetic and any brand that fits within it, I'll wear. It could be anything from Uniqlo all the way up to like, I don't know, Boris, which is like really expensive and avant-garde. Um, so yeah, I just find it a bit strange that people have their whole identity like weighing in on one brand. Yeah, it's very strange. And there's obviously like, again, like something to enjoying a brand and liking the way that it fits. But it's another to like attack people for not wearing it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Ugh, people are weird, dude, especially on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok's even weirder. Like, oh, yeah, you, TikTok's nuts. I could make like a like a haul video and just pick like eight random shirts and just call them like, oh, yeah, this is Fotis. This is yoji yamamoto this is archive and amula meester and like you don't have to verify anything and people are gonna be like yo these pickups are crazy what the grail hell? grail grail i've wanted that shirt for years like literally like i i've done nothing with this outfit at all <laughs> ridiculous yeah, i think the mentality is just all wrong i think people should more focus on like how something looks rather than like what brand it is and yeah. if it happens to be like, let's say, archives, helmet lang or whatever, then that's cool too. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the mindset that people have that makes people want to just like call, I don't know, the Uniqlo T-shirt an archive and be the Easter T-shirt, for example. Yeah. What do you think about the current trend of like archive? I, I feel like a lot of people use the word archive, but it's gotten so bastardized that it doesn't mean anything <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah it's it's so weird because i think there's actually a rule to archive there's like a certain number of years it has to be out or i think no maybe that's vintage i think vintage has like a rule on like how many years um but it's it's so weird i don't know it's like i think (laughs) there's sort of like a level of prestige that comes with calling something archive which is why (laughs) people do it um, when really it's just supposed to be something that's like really old it's now been turned into this jacket's cool and I want to give it some prestige so let's call it this archive jacket so the yes. way it's used has like been completely bastardized as you said um yeah I it's it's kind of fascinating when I see it it's just so crazy I don't know I I know that uh, Etienne, who's the the digital cowboy, um, did a video where he was like, somebody asked him how he defines archive or he maybe he was asking people, but like, I don't think I saw any two reaction videos or like people discussing it that had the the same thing. You know what I mean? Like there's no (laughs) consensus. It's like an influential piece in the brand's history and somebody gets like an off-brand t-shirt from around the same time. They're like, yeah, this is, this is archive. (laughs) This is archive. Oh, this sheen top. This is archive. Don't I think. Worry do you know it. what's actually more strange? I what I find more strange is when it comes to the whole archive thing. Everyone wants a very specific 
pieces. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wants the same piece. So like for Raf Simmons, for example, it'll be things like, you know, the Riot Bomber yeah. or, you know, certain sweaters or how much length it's like the painter jeans. And it's it's so weird because it's like these brands have made hundreds of products, but everyone tends to want the same thing. I find yeah. that so strange. I wonder where all that hype gets circulated. Like the Riot Bomber goes for $40,000 and like the next most expensive thing in Raf's uh, oeuvre as it were is like $5,000. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Like where, where is that hype coming from for that one? Kanye item? wore like, it. Drake and Kanye wore it. Yeah. yeah but like, there you go. Oh, I mean like. I think I, Rocky wore it as well. Yeah. Rocky I think wore it. Yeah. I mean, what else crazy. do you need? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just crazy. I don't know. It is indeed. So what a weird market. It, speaking of markets, perhaps Dover Street. Ayo, <laughs> what are what are some of your favorite spots in London? Uh, what are some cities that you visited that have been really interesting with fashion and what have been, what has been yeah. not so interesting? Has there been anything that in your opinion, like cities that are overhyped as far as fashion goes? Yeah. Oh, so I have a lot to say on that. So I, first I can talk about like overhyped stuff. So I went to LA um, and yeah, <laughs> it wasn't, it was, it was very underwhelming when it comes to fashion because like I, obviously thought of LA as like oh this like amazing like you just like think of movies and Hollywood and stuff and I went there and the fashion was a bit lacking like (laughs) the the epitome of fashion was like Rodeo Drive and like some other stuff and it's really just like luxury stores everywhere and then I went to like some sneaker stores oh what was it called again um there was a sneaker store. It's on the same road as I think on that road, there's a Stussy store and there's also a Stone Island on that road. Um, Neither of us are LA natives. I don't know, like round two, maybe? Okay, yeah. Yeah, people that are from LA probably know what I'm talking about. But there was a sneaker store that's like really famous and like it was underwhelming as well. Um, So LA, I would say, um, sorry to offend people from LA, but it's like <laughs> kind of overrated when it comes to fashion. Um, you're about to have like the 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 la equivalent of road men in your in your dms yeah there'll be a bunch of guys wearing skinny jeans and chelsea boots in your <laughs> or lululemon uh joggers yeah and off-white t-shirts yeah the weird thing is i've been to like the u.s maybe like seven to eight times now and i still haven't been to new york so that's the next place i want to go to um, yeah hit me up if you're in new york like. Oh, yeah, I definitely will. I want to go once, like, COVID sort of sorts itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll definitely be coming. Um, But, yeah, London, wow, there's so many fashion spots, like, loads. Um, The street market, of course, is, like, a known one. Um, In London, there are, like, these smaller brands that stock, like, really interesting brands. So there's a a store called Machine A. You might know it. It stocks brands like Raf Simmons and... Margiela, but also stocks like CSM graduates and things like that. Oh, cool. So oh, cool. there's like a balance of supporting up and coming designers. Um, there's a store called Closet Case, which is around the corner. It's also in Soho, London. Um, and they stock really um, avant garde brands, sort of like Ziggy Chan, Antonina Mista, Boris Bajan. Um, there's stores like the Library, which stocks like CCP. Um, 
those type of brands. The stores like uh, Browns is a bit more department store-ish, but they do stock some really experimental stuff. Um, there's Lab Store. Oh, yeah. Um, so honestly, I could go on in London. There's just like endless stores. I had a friend who came from Paris recently and I gave him like a tour of like every fashion spot in London. It took us two whole days. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Is the is the vintage itself good in London? Like is there a range of stuff? Can you get like pardon pardon the the, the the bad word here but single stitch stuff like <laughs> or is it more like nicer kind of I don't know why but in my head I expect it to almost be like designer brands in the in the vintage stores yeah. um, or like a little bit more curated if anything yeah I think thrifting and vintage shopping in the UK is really different to America because mm. in America you have like things like the flea markets and then you have like just massive bins where you might just find gems here we just have like charity shops or vintage stores yeah um so the vintage stores are more like curated so things might be more expensive but there's really good stuff like if you go to places like shoreditch brick lane in london you'll find a lot of the more curated more expensive stuff um but charity shops all you need to do is like go to a rich area in london chelsea and go to a charity and you'll find like crazy stuff because it's just like rich people have just like gotten tired of their Dior jacket <laughs> and they've just given it to charity and then you walk into the the thrift store and I found like crazy stuff in thrift stores and like rich areas in London what are some of your 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 best finds oh wow um I found like Margiela sweaters I found uh I found, I've even found like Rick sneakers, but they didn't fit me. They're like too small. I found tabby boots. I found all sorts of stuff, but oh most God. of them aren't my size. But like, I just buy it anyway and I like reset it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. really wild. You find like America the Brave t-shirts in the in the charity shops here. Yeah, it's it's pretty quiet in comparison. Yeah, it just depends on where you go because some, yeah, you might just see most of our vintage stuff is just like old stuff that people used to wear in the UK, like in the nineties. So a lot of Adidas, a lot of Theodora tracksuits, um, a lot of like Ralph. But if you sift through long enough, you'll find like gems. Very cool. Are you a uh, a football fan, a, a soccer fan at all? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Who's you who's your be, who's you your can't team? Can't be English and not watch football. Come on. <laughs> who's your team? I'm a I'm a I'm a Chelsea fan. So we had a good year this season. Won okay. the Champions League. Very nice. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the the most important trophy essentially Ooh. for any team to win. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. The thing I really want to do, I was planning on going to London last year. I really want to go to the darts championships and just get plastered and watch darts. Oh, darts is huge here. Have darts you ever watched? Here. There's a huge like darts culture. Yeah. John, have you ever watched any of the, the, the videos of the darts? Oh, you've sent me plenty. Okay. It's, yeah. it's nuts. <laughs> it's awesome. It's, and we, we play iMessage darts too. We do. We're not that good. We're but... not that good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my god, it just seems absolutely bonkers. I gotta oh, show up in it. a banana suit. The just hype go absolutely yeah, dark, buck dark wild. Is, it's crazy. I think what happened, um, so there's a company, it's called Matchroom. Okay. So it's like a promotions company. So they're known for like boxing. Okay. But more recently, they like got really involved in darts and like put loads of money in darts. So they turned darts from like this like really boring sport for like old people to like something really marketable and it's sort of now become like this really fun thing where people just get like drunk and just go for darts and have fun that sounds like uh like the the best the best way to spend an afternoon <laughs> or an evening great. honestly yeah, yeah, yeah why not? It's, it's so much fun oh my absolute favorite thing is it's like overweight dudes in their 40s that are like pre-balding and then you have a crowd of like 21 year olds drunk off their asses like chanting going ballistic on every on every 60 it's incredible yeah you should if you come to london you have to experience the darts it's like you can't come here and not watch darts well pod from the dart dart tournament yeah that's episode two (laughs) uh, with the three of us oh That'd be nuts. So uh, we're, we're winding down a little bit here, um, mm-hmm. but we've got some big questions for you. What is your goal if you have one in the world of fashion? Oh, so my goal is to start a fashion media company in Africa um, because I feel like Africa is like the last frontier when mm-hmm. it comes to fashion because I feel like everywhere else in the world has been highly documented when it comes to fashion especially places like Europe or places like Japan I'm sorry I feel like Africa is really untapped and I want to be like a big key player in like documenting like African fashion mm. that's really cool that's awesome yeah. yeah yeah are there any like notable African designers right now or anything or or any um uh trends to come out of africa that are that are worth noting and paying attention to yeah in africa there's like loads of budding designers that are like really huge but i mean especially like south africa south africa has like just a bunch of amazing designers coming up there's like tebe magugu um there's rich mincy there's wow there's lucanya um, Nigeria has um, brands like Lego Space Program, Mackie O, Orange Culture, um, Kenneth Ize, um, Tokyo James. So honestly, there's like so many designers right now, so many like really interesting brands. Um, I just feel like none of them are even really on the sphere. And I feel like there's going to be a time where there's going to be like, I don't know, the South African 10 <laughs> or like the Nigerian 5 or something. <laughs> There's got to be like a market if you just made essence for like African designers. I'm sure people would flock yeah. to it, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's, those... like a, there's a store opening. I can't remember what it's called, but it's, um, yeah, it's called Adjoa. Okay. And it's launching soon. It's like A-D-J-O-A-A. And they're going to be like the essence for African fashion. So I'm really looking oh, cool. forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Definitely going to pay attention to that. It's been added to my bookmarks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, no, that's that's really cool. Um, I mean, 
with your with your journalistic abilities, I know you'll be able to get there sooner rather than later. Fingers crossed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> First year in university, though. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You have any uh, fun plans, any fun classes that you're you're taking on the way out? Any cool professors that you're looking forward to, to learning under? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not sure if my professors want me to. Anyway, they're not going to listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, our lectures are like crazy, like knowledgeable. Like, it's so crazy. Like, before I went to CSM, I really thought I knew a lot about fashion. <laughs> like, I really did. And then I went there and realized, yeah, I don't really know much about fashion. Um, but I love it. Like I ask my lecturers questions all the time. And we have like this really fun lecturer called Judith Watt. And she's like the epitome of like CSM, really. She like embodies it. She's like the really super cool um, lady who has like really red hair and wears like Ise Miyake and like, tells us you don't know anything about fashion and then teaches <laughs> us like what we need to know essentially. That's just, that sounds wonderful. I have to ask before we, before we uh, ask you our last question, um, are there like trends right now at CSM? Like what, what do people wear? Do they wear stuff yeah. that they just make themselves and that's, that's that? Or like, are there popular brands? Is everybody yeah. wearing Rick? Like, is there a two-hour fit check at the beginning of every class where everyone has to go around and say what they're wearing head to toe? I definitely feel like at CSM there's definitely pressure to dress up because mm. everyone does. Like, But yeah, it really just depends on the person. Obviously, it's a very, very artsy school. So like you have people who go in and like there's like the rich trust fund kids who like only wear Balenciaga. There's like the, the kids who... I have a, one of my friends on my course, she loves Vivian Westwood and mm -hmm. all she wears is like Vivian Westwood, like really experimental, like punk stuff. So I think it's quite interesting. People have really cool styles. Some people like make their own clothing. Um, honestly, it's so interesting. Like sometimes I just like sit on the balcony and just like people watch and look at what everyone's wearing because it's like so interesting. Mm. So honestly, it's like, it's like damn near runway every day. That's awesome. There's got to be like a CSM fits page that's just got to go up. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is one on Instagram and there's even Ooh. a, there's a Instagram page that's called that's so CSM <laughs> and they just like post funny things that happen like in the school. It's like really funny. I was going to say, you got to invite me out to CSM on the day where everybody moves out and everybody's throwing out clothes. I'm just going to go through your bins and just come out with a, a brand new wardrobe of like designer Balenciaga, Dior, Margiela from the year before. Oh, most definitely. That's, that's the, that's the plan. I'm sure like Facebook marketplace in that zip code is just going insane. Like the what's for sale on the secondary market is just through the roof. So AO We've come close to the end of the Pair of Kings podcast interview experience. We still have one question, the cornerstone of the interview experience, if you will. We've asked this to every single guest on the podcast so far. We've gotten some really lovely answers throughout the last year and a half. Um, and we will be no stranger in asking it to you. So without further ado, Ao, if you had a year 
to eat a door, hinges and doorknob included. Do you think you could do it? And if so, how? Damn, a year. Wow. You can okay, do I could I, I feel like I could do it in a yeah. year. Yeah. How um, would you do it? I would find out how much door you can eat without it being um like fatal on a daily basis and just Smart. like divide it into chunks. And then when it comes to like the hinges and stuff, because it's metal, I would like melt it nice. and then like have a teaspoon a day. <laughs> <laughs> And then you'd be through it one year and you're good. <laughs> I love it. Love the confidence. Always the good right, to hear from There is guests. no right answer, but that is the right answer. That is the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're thankful to say most guests are pretty confident that they could eat a door in a year. I've got an off the cuff question. That's usually my go-to when I'm like a little bit drunk at a party and just like want a fun conversation starter. Hey, how far do you think you could throw an egg uncooked? Wow. Um, <laughs> that's, such a, that's such an interesting question. Only the big questions um, on the Pair of Kings podcast. <laughs> wow, how far I could throw an egg? Well, I mean, an egg doesn't necessarily weigh much. But uh-huh. the problem is, if you try to throw hard, you'll probably end up cracking it before you throw it. Um, so I'd say maybe about 100 to 200 meters, if I'm being honest. 100 meters? Yeah. Damn. That's the that's the longest answer I've, I've got, launch, gotten yeah. so far. Yeah. That thing's going into <laughs> orbit. Okay. I got to keep it. that in mind. Because we were going to test it. We were having like an outdoor party, and I asked a bunch of people, and the, the conversation got so animated that we were going to go raid the fridge for eggs. Um, but the, 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 the owner of the house said that their, their eggs were not up to be thrown, sadly. The nerve. Just have to be careful that, um, the eggs don't end up hitting, you know, lovely grannies on the road. (laughs) They're going to participate. Don't worry. They're not going to be in the, in the way of everything. Well, that, well, with that being said, we have gotten to the end of the main portion of this podcast thank you ao for your your amazing answers on all of our questions we're not done yet we have the closing ceremonies if you will starting things off with uh song of the week this is a weekly segment that we do where we add our own picks and our our guest adds their pick as well and we have an ongoing spotify playlist called pair of kings season four and you can go find that and uh, if you're at home, you can go listen to all of our picks. So, Ao, what have you been listening to recently? Oh, I'll say artists. More recently, I've been listening to well, two artists. So it's um, mainly Thundercat and Masego. Nice. nice. And uh, those two artists, they're sort of like jazzy kind of. I'm really into like jazz, like that sort of genre of music. Um, so Masego. A lot of songs. I think Thundercat specifically is a song called "Them Changes." Mm-hmm. That's a classic, yeah. So yeah, I've really been. Uh, I've had that song on replay a lot. Very nice. Pick. Very nice. Solly boy, what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of different songs. Um, I am going to. Uh, 
add, I don't know if I've added this yet. Oh, uh, if you want to find this uh, playlist that we're talking about, it's called Pair of Kings Season 4. It's on Spotify only. Um, it is by me, Saul Thompson, and the picture is Ben Shapiro in a Chrome Hearts hat and a Saint Laurent leather jacket. Um, but my song, I've not added it yet, is a drill song from, I think, Ghana by a guy named Yatog. Um, and it's the remix and Stormzy hopped on it and it's really good. It's called Soar, S-O-R-E. Um, I found it in a TikTok and I was like, this is incredible. I think basically they're they're like pseudo imitating Pop Smoke, but it's still really good. Like even the imitation is good. Very cool. Yeah. Can't complain. John, round us out. All right. This is a song actually suggested to us for the the original playlist it's not on the new playlist uh from, okay. from bushy brow eth way back when uh long 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 time ago that was like probably season one guest episode yeah i think he was like our fourth or fifth guest yeah so shout out to bushy hope you're doing well but this is uh by dominic fike and the song is called king of everything oh that is a good song it's an all-time classic but yeah i've been listening to that recently so that's my pick i'm listening to a lot of chromatics too have you uh, heard of any chromatic stuff they're the ones who um uh school by q sampled in man of the year oh yeah yeah okay i don't i haven't really listened to them individually but yeah i'm definitely familiar with who they are their stuff is great i really like it I've been listening to a lot of Charlie XCX and Blade, so pretty normal for me. Uh, John and I have talked. That song, Unlock It, is so good, and then fucking Jay whatever comes in and just ruins the song. The verse is so bad. I just Jay I, Park. I just restart the song whenever it gets past. It's so bad. Do you, do you know the song, Ayo? Yeah, that's why I'm laughing. Jay Park. I, I've never seen somebody destroy a song faster than Jay Park. Ruins unlock it. <laughs> the pacing is so slow compared to the rest of the of of the song. He doesn't even have bars. It like pumps the brakes. <laughs> it's not even a good verse. It pumps the brakes and then it turns the car around and crashes it into a ditch. Oh my gosh! He's his his opening line is unlock the swag, Ray Shrimmerd. Okay, yes, that is the opening line. I I didn't want to say it. I didn't. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad my god <laughs> but that song goes crazy yeah we need more kim petrus and uh charlie xcx <laughs> oh, kim petrus is awesome yeah kim petrus is, is cool oh but Ayo, before we go we want to give you the time obviously thank you so much for coming on the pod but before you. you go take a minute, take two minutes, take three, however long it takes, send some shout outs. Um, this is, this is your time. We will, we'll sit back and, and let you go. Um, the, the floor is yours as it were. Yep. Let people know where to find you, where to follow you, all that good stuff. Oh, okay. That's cool. So, uh, you can find me on YouTube, uh, the fashion archive more recently. I've actually joined Billy Billy. So if you're from China, um, you can find me at the Fashion Archive on Billy Billy as well. Cool. Um, yeah, quite an interesting thing. And then on Instagram, Fashion Roadman, Twitter, Fashion Roadman. Um, and yeah, shout out, big shout out today um, because I still don't know how she designed the whole magazine in like literally <laughs> a week. 
I have no idea how she did that. And like she proofread everything as well. Like, yeah, she's uh she's insane. So big shout out to her. Shout out to Day. And go read the magazine. Available. Oh yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. Go the check fa- out the magazine. The the print issue has uh sold out, unfortunately, but you can still pick it up digitally. Um you'll get a PDF. Um so yeah, some interesting creatives um that you'll learn about when you read it. Absolutely. And that is available. I have the page open right now, the fashionarchivemag.com forward slash shop. Forward. Saul, you just muted yourself. Forward slash shop. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was like moving zoom and my, my finger hit the, what is it? The A button or the M button that mutes oh, you? Oh, the one that mutes you? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Alt A, whatever. <laughs> I was alt tabbing back to, back to zoom from our questions. Well, that's it. Ao, once again, thank you so much for taking the time this late in the day to to join us on the podcast. You've been a great guest, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And like I said, I don't really sleep, so for me, this is like early. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, good morning. <laughs> that was beautiful, Saul. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I try. I try. But thank you to Ayo. Thank you to John. Thank you to everybody listening, new or old. We really appreciate you tuning in for this episode of the Pair of Kings podcast. Uh, please do not hesitate. Reach out on Instagram. Join the Pair of Kings Discord. Uh, keep an eye out for the Pair of Kings Patreon, which is to be launched soon. Um, but we're keeping that quiet as of right now. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Pair of Kings Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Pair of Kings Pod. You can find us on TikTok at Pair of Kings Pod. If you have any business inquiries or anything of the sort, you can email us at Pair of Kings Pod at gmail.com. Send us um, stuff. Yeah. Um, I am Saul Thompson. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Saul Thompson. I'm joined each and every week by my lovely co-host. I'm John Hogaboom. You can find me on Instagram at John Hogaboom. And on this very special guest episode by Ao, you can find him on Instagram at Fashion Roadman. Fashion Roadman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. It'll be in the title of this episode. That it will. So right now, just go and look at the title. Go shoot him a follow. Go show show him some love on YouTube on billy billy which i've never heard of um go read the magazine whatever it may be just um go and and show some show some love uh we think ao is pretty cool and we hope that you do too um as always everybody have a great thursday this has been the pair of kings podcast we are where we are bringing you business as usual tomfoolery as planned once a week every week for the foreseeable future have a great thursday as i already said everybody and wear what you like and like what you wear Have a great Thursday, everybody. Bye, everyone.